Tales from Ravenbrook. Home. October 28th, 1986. The quaint town of Ravenbrook was nestled in the dense pine forests of northern Maine. Those of you who know this place know that it is somewhere where the trees themselves weren't what they appeared. A place where, at times, the winds seemed to whisper ancient tales, and shadows clung to the edges of reality. Back in those days, I found myself drawn back to the town where I spent my turbulent childhood, a place I thought I had escaped. As a young doctor, the journey back to Ravenbrook was prompted by an opportunity to work at the small community hospital. Despite the unsettling memories that lurked in the corners of my mind, I convinced myself that it was the right move for my growing family. My wife, Emily, and our two children, Amy and Jake, embraced the change with the enthusiasm of newcomers, unaware of the eerie legacy that Ravenbrook held for me. Growing up, my mother had been my sole guardian. To put it simply, she had schizophrenia. To put it not so simply, the shadows of her delusions cast a long, disconcerting pall over my formative years. My twenties had brought a semblance of normalcy, and I had successfully eluded the specter of her affliction. However, as I entered my mid-thirties, a foreboding chill crept over me, and that was when the boundaries between reality and imagination began to blur. It started with whispers in the pines, echoing through the night like auditory specters. I dismissed them initially as the result of an overwrought imagination, a side effect of the stressful move and the burden of my newfound responsibilities. But soon the whispers took shape, words wrapped in the haunting melody of the wind. One evening as I walked home from the hospital, my breath hanging in the frigid air, I heard my name carried on the wind. David. It called, low and guttural. I halted, scanning the darkened forest, the towering pines casting shadows that seemed, just for a moment, like they were alive. A shiver traced its way down my spine and I quickened my pace. At home... I confided in Emily about the unsettling occurrences, but her dismissive smile hinted at a skepticism I wished I could share. It's just stress, David, she assured me, her eyes reflecting a concern that she couldn't fully comprehend. The whispers persisted, infiltrating my waking hours. Patients' voices in the hospital would meld into an indecipherable cacophony their words warping into sinister murmurs that clawed at the edges of my sanity. It was as if the very air in Ravenbrook carried the residue of my mother's affliction. One fateful night, as I tended to a patient in the dimly lit emergency room, the boundaries between my reality and my mother's tortured world crumbled. The patient, an elderly woman with vacant eyes, whispered, The shadows hunger, doctor. I recoiled, the weight of her words settling like a cold hand on my heart. I stumbled back, my breath quickening. What did you say? 
I demanded, my voice tinged with fear. Her lips moved again, but the words emerged as an eerie chant that seemed to reverberate through the walls. Beware the shadows, for they hunger. They hunger for the light within you, doctor. I fled the room, leaving the confused patient behind. My steps echoed through the empty hallways, each footfall carrying the weight of a growing dread. In my office, the shadows seemed to writhe with a life of their own, and I found myself, for the first time, truly questioning my sanity. That night sleep eluded me. I lay beside Emily, the moon casting a beautiful glow on her peaceful face, and the whispers returned, insidious tendrils that wound their way into my consciousness. David, they hissed, coaxing me into the darkness. I slipped out of my bed, my feet moving of their own accord. The hallway stretched before me, a corridor of shadows that beckoned me forward. The whispers guided me, their voices intertwining with memories of my mother's tortured lullabies. In the living room, the air grew thick. A figure materialized in the darkness. My mother. Her eyes vacant, yet brimming with a dark intelligence. The shadows hunger, my son, she intoned her voice a ghostly echo. I stumbled backward, my mind unraveling as the threads of reality slipped completely through my fingers. The room began pulsating with energy, and the whispers grew and grew until I thought my brain would explode. David! Emily's voice cut through the spectral symphony, pulling me back from the brink. She stood at the doorway, her eyes wide with concern. What's happening to you? I tried to speak, to articulate the maelstrom of chaos within me, but the words eluded me. The room seemed to warp and twist, the boundaries between past and present collapsing like a house of cards. As Emily reached for me, her touch grounding me in the tangible world, the whispers retreated into the shadows. But their lingering presence hung in the air. I had no idea just how devastating these events would become. It was only the beginning of a nightmare that would test the limits of my sanity and the resilience of my family. Because you see, in the heart of the pines, some kind of darkness awaited, hungry, insatiable, and some would say woven into the very fabric of Ravenbrook's haunting legacy. The following days in town were marked by an unsettling calm, as if the town itself held its breath, waiting for the shadows to reveal their secrets. My encounters with the whispers became sporadic, fleeting moments that left me questioning whether any of it had ever happened at all. Emily could sense my unease. She suggested seeking the guidance of a local therapist hoping that we could unravel the knots that bound my mind. And so, Dr. Margaret Foster, a silver-haired woman with a gaze that seemed to pierce the veil of one's soul, became my reluctant confidant. In her dimly lit office, adorned with bookshelves filled with tomes on the human psyche, I recounted the strange events that had unfolded since I came home. She listened intently, 
her pen scratching notes on a yellow legal pad. Tell me about your mother, David, she prompted, her voice a soothing balm. I hesitated. The memories of my mother's tortured existence surfacing like specters from the past. As she struggled with schizophrenia, I began, the words carrying the weight of a lifetime. Her world was a a labyrinth of delusions and shadows. As you know, well... I thought I'd escaped it, but now... Dr. Foster leaned forward, her eyes kind yet probing. The past has a way of catching up with us, especially in places like Ravenbrook. You have a history here. This place means something to you. Her words resonated with me. It was undeniable. An unsettling truth to be sure, but a truth nonetheless. Ravenbrook, with its ancient pines and secrets buried deep in the soil, seemed to hold a mirror to my own fractured soul. As I delved into the recesses of my memories, Dr. Foster guided me through the maze of my past, urging me to confront the shadows that clung to my psyche. In the evenings after the therapy sessions, I wandered the streets, the cold air biting into my skin. The town had an eerie quietness. I couldn't ignore the feeling that a storm was building just over the horizon. The whispers returned, their words twisted and enigmatic, as if the very air carried the echoes of forgotten sorrows. One night as I passed the dilapidated remains of the abandoned Ravenbrook Asylum, a chill swept through me. The asylum was the very definition of a relic from a bygone era. Publicly, it signified a time when people of nearly all severities of mental, emotional, and social deviation were often locked up, their keys thrown away. Personally, it was here that my mother had spent her final tortured years, lost in her own mind. The asylum loomed like a derelict sentinel, its broken windows staring out into the night. The whispers intensified, converging into a chorus of spectral voices that seemed to emanate from the decaying walls. David, they murmured. Compelled by the familiarity of the voice, I stepped through the rusted gates, the echoes of my footfalls mingling with the spectral symphony. The interior was a maze of crumbling corridors and shadowed alcoves, each step echoing with the ghostly whispers of the past. As I ventured deeper, the air thickened, and shadows danced on the walls, their movements synchronized with the pulsating rhythm of the whispers. I stumbled upon a decaying door, the hinges creaked in protest as I pushed it open. A flickering light revealed a chamber adorned with faded wallpaper and a solitary broken-down bed. In the corner, a figure stood, its back turned to me. My veins turned to ice as the figure slowly turned and revealed the spectral visage of my mother. The shadows hunger, my son, she whispered, the words resonating through the desolate chamber. They hunger for the light within you, as they hungered for mine. I recoiled, the truth of her words settling like a lead weight in my chest, as a suddenly undeniable truth settled in my mind, 
the shadows that haunted Ravenbrook, that haunted my mother, were not mere hallucinations. They were a manifestation of a darkness that transcended generations. The legacy of the asylum, the tortured spirits lingering in its dilapidated halls, intertwined with the threads of my own bloodline. With a start, I found myself back in the cold night air, outside the asylum. The whispers had subsided, leaving only the distant howl of the wind through the pines. The weight of revelation bore down on me, a chilling certainty that the shadows I faced were not confined to my own mind, but were a living, breathing entity that was as much a part of Ravenbrook as the soil on which it stood. As I made my way home, a sense of urgency gripped me. The whispers, the shadows, and the legacy of the asylum were threads in a tapestry of horror that I just could not come to terms with. Somehow, I had become convinced of one thing. The darkness that surrounded this place was hungry, and it was becoming increasingly clear that the nightmare had only just begun. The weeks that followed carried the weight of impending doom, as Ravenbrook's shadows wrapped themselves around my life with an unrelenting grip. Dr. Foster's therapy sessions quickly became a desperate lifeline, a feeble attempt to navigate my fractured mind. The once charming town now bore the scars of its haunting past everywhere I looked, and my family, unwittingly, was walking the tightrope between reality and some kind of spectral abyss. Emily's concern deepened. I could see it etched across her face like a map of worry. She insisted on joining me in therapy, hoping to untangle the web of shadows that ensnared our lives. It didn't help. In Dr. Foster's office, the air seemed to crackle with tension as I revealed the chilling events that unfolded in the asylum constantly checking in with Emily's incredulous facial expressions. Dr. Foster didn't seem to be phased by her silent protest. The past has a way of demanding its due, she mused, her gaze probing the depths of our shared despair. But confronting it is the only path to redemption. At my therapist's urging, I journeyed back to the asylum. She insisted that my family's safety was hanging in the balance. I didn't have a choice. The moon cast a glow on the decrepit structure as I stood before its broken gates. The whispers, now a symphony of sorrow, guided me through the labyrinthine corridors. The air inside the abandoned asylum hung heavy. Dim light filtered through cracked windows casting elongated shadows that clung to the decaying walls like poured ink. I pressed forward, venturing deeper into the heart, guided by the whispers that echoed through its desolate corridors. The stairs creaked beneath my weight as I ascended to the upper floors, the chill of the air seeping into my bones. The once grand structure now stood as a mausoleum of pain and madness. Each step seemed to echo the tortured screams of those who had lived through the suffering and those who had not. As I reached the landing, a familiar flickering light illuminated a corridor otherwise veiled in shadows. The whispers intensified, their words weaving into a panicked fever pitch. 
The temperature plummeted as I continued my ascent. The shadows actually began to feel heavy as they clung to my every step. As I reached the topmost floor, once again, a spectral figure materialized before me. This time misty, gray, hazy. I never saw who or what it was. Before I could focus, my foot slipped on a decaying step, and the world seemed to lurch beneath me. Time slowed as I grasped for purchase. The flickering light whirled before me in a kaleidoscopic light show. In that moment of descent, I glimpsed the face of my mother. Her sorrowful eyes were all that I needed to know what was coming. The ground rushed up to meet me, and with a sickening thud, my body collided with the unforgiving floor. I've been here thirty days, or thirty years. I couldn't really tell you. Time doesn't work like that here. I'm alone. Even when the occasional group of adventurous young hooligans makes their way into my home, they feel far from me. Impossibly far. Far. 